0: It's showtime. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people.
1: You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny.
0: Washington is fundamentally corrupt. There are more words in the IRS code than there are in the Bible. Made in America heard round the world. You're listening to Blunt Force Truth. I'm Chuck Woolery, along with my co-host, Dr. Mark Young, who's back off the track. And today, folks, we are going to poke the bear.
1: Now, Chuck, just just I when you said I'm back off the track, have I been normally off track? Is that
0: No, just, <laughs> I'm talking about you and your car.
1: <laughs> I thought maybe I was just always off track. But, anyways, let's poke the bear. What bear are we poking?
0: Well, we're gonna poke the Durham bear. Finally, after four years and $6 million, Jeff Durham is finished with his report. And, of course, everyone who is complicit, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS, you name them all, they're all debunking it Mm -hmm. because they're complicit. And the FBI is debunking debunking it because they're complicit. So he has basically put in place... A group of people in the FBI, the CIA, and the Intel community who basically just interfered with the 2020 election and the 2016 election. They did, they interfered with both of them and no one will be held accountable. That's the sad part about it. We all know that it's a consensus of opinion. Uh, Hillary Clinton should be in prison, quite frankly. But she won't be, and uh, no one will say anything, and it'll just go on, and and you'll hear all you'll hear is ad infinitum on the media how you know it's just a nothing burger. It didn't kind of come out to it. It is not a nothing burger. They interfered with the election, and and it's proven that they did it. It's everything we suspected and we felt and we knew at uh, the beginning. But I'm going to tell you something for all you folks out there that are listening who are not. Conservative and who are just listening to to the program to satisfy your curiosity or whatever reason you're on here. This vindicates everything that Trump said, every single thing. This division that was caused in this country throughout his presidency and while he was running for president, it vindicates everything he did. He deserves to be president again. He does not deserve not to be elected to. The president, one more time. He definitely needs to be president one more time.
1: Yeah, Durham is. Durham's report shows that the FBI, Peter Struck, Brennan, James Comey,
0: everybody who's on CNN and MSNBC,
1: every one of them knew that this in this Russian collusion was
0: fake. Oh, but wait a minute! It goes way back farther than that. Barack Obama knew. Yep. Joe Biden knew Hillary Clinton paid for it. Hillary Clinton paid for it. They knew it. And they just, you know, everybody covered it up. They were all trying to get Trump because they hate him, didn't want to do it. They still hate him. And now that they're caught, they're all saying it's nothing.
1: Here's my favorite part. Peter Stroke. Peter Struck. Now, remember, he was fired by the FBI for his biases as right. an FBI agent. Which means he practically had to have a spear through somebody's head to get fired. Just about, yeah. So he says, well, the problem with Durham's investigation is Durham's investigation should have never been allowed to happen.
0: Oh, excuse me. Let me stop you right there. Durham says that the investigation of Trump should never been allowed to happen.
1: Exactly. Strzok says that Durham's investigation never should have happened. Now, you're going to love this. Here's the best part. Because Durham has a cognitive bias.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, so does Bill Barr occasionally. And and Trump fired him.
1: (laughs) May I point out that Durham's investigation shows that all of these members of the FBI went into it with a cognitive bias. So, again, they all went into it to defeat
0: Trump is what they did. They actively were trying to defeat Trump. On behalf of Hillary Clinton, that's exact. If that isn't election uh, interference,
1: I don't know what is. This is right back, Chuck, to what the Democrats do, which is this projection right. of whatever it is we're doing. Blame the other side. You, you literally know, you are safe if you assume anything that the Democratic Party says the Republicans are doing. It is what the Democrats are doing at that moment. You know what, Mark,
0: this bureaucratic Gordian knot has got to be unraveled somehow, some way. And the only way I know that you can possibly begin to unravel it is through voting and elections. I mean, it's the only thing you do. You have to start electing people who will attack this bureaucracy that is totally out of control and certainly not on the side of the American people. <clears throat> They're elites who believe they whoever they think should be president should be president, and they will do anything in their power, legally or illegally, to achieve it. Right now, they need to be taken down. I think Congress, quite frankly, has got to take back their responsibility and defund a lot of these people in the intel community and in FBI. And they have just got to do it. I mean, they got to cut off their money. And quit outsourcing all their responsibility to them because that's what they've been doing. The Congress basically just outsources their responsibility to the the to the president and to uh, to uh, intel community, so they don't have to be re- held responsible for anything.
1: Well, let's take a look at uh, Congressman Comer's committee right now. They have irrefutable evidence, bank records. Yeah that show that the biden crime family has has created something like nine or ten fake corporations and when i say fake they're real corporations but they have no business purpose other than they're
0: llc's money. with no business
1: yeah all they do is take money in and then put the money right. back out yeah and they probably process- well, they're they're washing money is what they're doing it's it's yeah.
0: it's like you know it's like a the mafia they just wash money and drug dealers
1: and they've processed 10 million dollars so far <clears throat> that we know of that we know of that has been distributed to nine different people with the last name of biden right down to his grandchildren oh by the way this money is china this morning i saw
0: <clears throat> excuse me this morning i saw on uh on uh, newsmax they're running a, a little thing uh what is it called underneath the uh they're Yeah, The the Chiron, the Uh, the Chiron. They're running a Chiron that says Reuters has just run a poll and Joe Biden is six points ahead of Trump.
1: (laughs) Well, another poll just came out that showed Biden's approval rating is at 36%, which is a new low for anyone in the presidency. Yeah, it should be lower than that, I'm sure. I'm positive of that. Well, keep in mind that those polls are always about 6% tilted Democrat.
0: Yeah, here we go with polls again. Yeah.
1: So the number is probably 30, and the poll shows that Trump beats Biden in a head-to-head matchup today. Of course he would. So their only hope, their Their, hope is they've got to destroy him in court legally, get him arrested, do whatever they can to stop him.
0: And so what what do you hear on ABC, NBC, and CBS on the morning shows on Sunday morning? The the Republicans are in disarray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, they're not. The Democrats are in disarray. They got nobody.
1: Actually, it's not just the Republicans, it's the extreme MAGA
0: Republicans. Yeah. Well, according to Joe Biden, everyone who is a Republican or anyone who voted for Trump or anyone who walks the planet. All seventy million or eighty million of us are terrorists and white supremacists. And we are the number one problem in the United States. He said it at Howard University. And he says he says it every place else that it wasn't pandering. <clears throat> of course, we know it's pandering, but you know.
1: Well, according to the FBI, there were twenty-two, uh, I believe twenty-two murders attributed to white supremacy in the past year.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Out of the twenty 20- 5,000 murders that (laughs) have happened nationwide. So that would sound like it's probably the number one issue. Can you imagine? I mean, how,
0: how misleading and how dangerous is it to separate the people of the United States by claiming things like this that are just unverifiable, they're ridiculous, and yet they just spew it out?
1: Now, Chuck, you know what the number one risk to black people is in America?
0: Other black people.
1: Other black people with a gun. Yeah, that's the number one cause. Of- well, nobody would
0: ever call that. It. What? What if this guy on the train in New York was a black guy who choked the
1: choked a white guy?
0: Yeah, no, who choked the the black guy out? Who who was threatening everybody on the train, saying he was, he didn't care if he died, didn't care if he went to prison, and he choked him out? And they're, they're he probably what, wouldn't be. What if part. he was a white? Well, there are a couple of black guys who helped him. Correct. So, but you know. What I'm,
1: if, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this division this case. What if the hero in this case had been black and the crazy guy had been white?
0: Well, that's what I meant. I, I mean, you know, you just flip everything around and see how how they handle it.
1: He would be he would be touted as a hero now by Elvin Bragg.
0: Uh, there should never be another court case held for anyone in Washington D.C. And you know, they should find an outside venue because it's just it's just so corrupt new york is corrupt california is corrupt Uh, i mean it's illinois you know not the entire state but boy chicago's corrupt and it's just uh just amazing to watch this develop and how it just keeps on rolling along these people are just beyond belief
1: what i don't understand is i mean i understand the mechanics of it Biden, the Biden family is the most criminal organization to ever occupy the White White House. Uh, Probably true. He is compromised by China. Yeah, he's compromised everywhere. He is incapable of dealing, of going head to head with our number one enemy. But wait a minute. Put that in perspective,
0: that all of these people within the government, the bureaucracy, are covering for him and as a result the media is covering for him right i mean how dangerous is that but the
1: truth will continue to get out No.
0: well i know but it's will anybody believe it
1: i think they are chuck i mean 65 percent of america is now saying that they believe that federal agents spurred on the january 6th right
0: of course they did we we know that
1: But think about it. 65% of the country is saying that with the media saying that didn't happen that way. The Mm -hmm. truth is still working its way into the public domain. The media is, I believe that the big media is losing their grip now. That voices like ours and, and social media and Newsmax and One America and Fox to a limited amount are getting the truth out. I think the loss of Tucker Carlson probably reduced a lot of the truth getting out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, I mean, but you've been saying, but you've been, you know, you've been saying Fox has been tacking to the left here for, you know, oh,
0: five a years. year, yeah, a long time. Yeah, but and they have, and we, you know, we know that. If there's just certain strongholds, and probably prime time, but uh, even there. I mean look their jobs are at stake. These people have to do what they're told. Yeah. Because their jobs are at stake.
1: And that's the beauty of doing a podcast cuz we can say whatever we want. Yeah, we can. So we here's can. here's what I want people to understand. I right now folks, I don't care what anybody thinks of Donald Trump's personality. I don't I don't care either. If he's bombastic, I don't care if he calls people names. I don't care if you think that he he is a you know that he's thuggish in the way that he handles the media, I just don't care. Here's what I want you to think of. I want whoever it I want to elect whoever it is that the left is so afraid of that they're willing to violate every law possible to bring him down. That's the person we need.
0: So, in the midst of all of this. Uh, We are here to save democracy, the Democrats claim. They're the ones who are destroying democracy Of course, right in front of our eyes. Uh, It's true. They'll deny it. They'll obfuscate. They'll do everything they possibly can to persuade you that it's not true. But it is absolutely a fact, and it's been proven. So you've got to, you know, folks, please, for the sake of the country, you've got to understand this and make sure you get out and vote for the right people you just have to do it
1: understand right now when you look at <clears throat> the biden administration when you look at, at him his family his criminal organization uh the comeys the 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 clintons struck all these people why you know the 51 intel experts who they
0: signed. are the, they are the true deplorables
1: yes think about this 51 people <clears throat> signed a letter to interfere with an election right mm-hmm. and now they're all saying well <clears throat> I didn't come up with that I didn't know yeah, I didn't well, know what I was just doing sh- I just said signed um, it. it sounded good to me and I didn't say <clears throat> it was Russian information I just said it could be Russian information it sounds yeah
0: like it sounded it like it looked like it I don't know
1: yeah so yeah, right. keep in mind These people are fighting for their lives. Yeah, they are. That's why they're afraid of Donald Trump, because they know he's the one guy who's going to ride into town, and he's coming for them if he gets elected. And that's why that's the guy. I love Ron DeSantis. I want Ron DeSantis four years from now. Me too right now I want I want the bull in a China shop and I want that China shop to be in DC mm-hmm. and I want Trump to go through there like a tornado yep and demolish everything he comes in contact
0: with absolutely I mean it is so incredibly corrupt. it's just awful
1: We need to I this can... is
0: our government these are people we elected and we elected them and they appointed the people who run our bureaucracy. So we know, need
1: to shut down entire departments right. in the U.S. government. Yes, it's, it's true. Yes, Department yeah. of
0: Education is one of them. The I mean, Department it's... Of Education should be wiped out first. Just boom, okay. get rid of it.
1: Now, why do we need? Why do we need OSHA when every state has a state OSHA? We don't, because every state has as a school board too, a school board and a state school board. So why do we need a federal one?
0: Why do we need a government uh, located in Washington that is totally out of touch and states can't protect their own borders? Why is that? Why do we need that?
1: We don't need these departments. So understand the reason we have them. The reason we have a Department of Education is not to make more ed- better education. Education scores since 1978 have dropped every year since the creation of the Department of Education. The reason we have a Department of Education was because of Carter. And it was a gift to him. And it is because it makes a bigger, more powerful federal, federal government. government. That's right. This is all about making the federal government bigger and more powerful and reducing the size of the authority that your state and your county and your city has. And understand, the founding fathers in this country their intention, read it. Their intention was the government that you would most interact with would be your city government. It would be your mayor and your council. How many people now even know who's on their council or who the mayor is?
0: You know, to put one thing mayor. in perspective. Let's take the FBI, for, for instance. The FBI exists not in the Constitution, but because the the uh, oh, oh, I'm trying to say here. I, I just went blank. I had a Biden moment. Anyway, it's because the, uh, the House and the Senate created it. Agreed. Now they won't. Now they created this this legal judicial arm of the government, and this legal judicial arm of the government is now telling them what they're going to do. There is no oversight for the FBI, because the FBI won't allow it. Are you kidding me? That's like a that's like a child telling a parent, screw you, I'm going anyway.
1: Well, where's the oversight of the entire DOJ? Yeah, well, that was another thing created by Congress. There's no oversight there. Yeah. Understand, and I know that a lot of our listeners know this, constitutionally, government has three charges those three charges are a standing army to protect us from foreign invasion a judicial system to settle our differences and internal law enforcement to keep the peace that is the total that is the total span so far so good folks if that's true
0: think of where we are today none of it's working
1: but that is the total task That the Constitution gives the federal government. Do you realize
0: that Chicago today has the same population because everyone's leaving as they did in the 20s?
1: Yeah, and probably even more violence than they even had in the 20s. Well,
0: yeah, 20s and 30s. Al
1: Capone was ruling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But this is all the federal government has the authority to do. So how does the federal government get this authority? Well, the reason they get this authority is, one, Congress has created these things. But the way they give it authority, since they have no constitutional authority, they do it by withholding money. So Congress has the ability to tax. So they tax the states, then they keep your money, then they tell the state, if you don't do what we tell you, we won't give you any money back. We'll just keep your money. That's how they get the power. Yeah. It's all about withholding funds.
0: So Woodrow Wilson created the, I think, uh, created the, uh, well, not the Treasury, but the, the tax, uh, what is it? What department is the that? IRS? Yeah, the IRS. I believe he did. So... That was created to tax you and everything else. Now, we have people who are whistleblowers in the IRS coming forward to talk about Hunter Biden and how bad this whole thing is. Guess what the uh, IRS did this last week? They fired anybody who they thought might be a whistleblower. They fired them all.
1: They actually removed, Chuck, I have the, the story right here in front of me. They removed the entire investigative team who is (laughs) investigating Hunter Biden, and this was ordered by, who else, the DOJ. Okay, you can absolutely, you, you just can't deny what that implicates. The DOJ, who does the bidding of the president is going into the irs which actually shouldn't have anything to do with the doj and telling them i want you to get rid of anybody who's been looking at hunter biden take them all off the case remove everybody the entire investigative team in one swoop was wiped out now
0: i wonder what the average person thinks when they hear that if it makes any difference to them if they're kind of an uninformed voter or whatever, does that imply to them that there is corruption within our government, <laughs> that, that people are protected that shouldn't be protected, that people who aren't protected are the ones who are trying to do the right thing? I mean, come on.
1: What does it take for you to understand this? You know what I think, Chuck? I think the average American, when they hear this, recognizes it, knows it's crooked. They know in their heart it's wrong. And I think the average person is now getting to the point, but there's nothing I can do about it because that's how Washington works. But you can. It's your vote that
0: counts. And that's what they count on you. I mean, all of a sudden things will turn around on the border, all of this stuff. I mean, they're already, uh, imp- you know, doing uh, what Trump was was doing and claiming that's not true uh, in order to keep these people out to a certain extent. Uh, sanctuary cities like New York are now saying we don't want to be a sanctuary city anymore uh i i mean it's they're going to try to turn it all around and and if you allow them to do that and persuade you by their words and not their deeds you're you know
1: you deserve the government you get but chuck and i'm going to bring our guest in here how many people now don't believe their vote matters after it
0: does matter i mean it it matters Lot you have people, to overwhelm them. I know you have to overwhelm their, their, their incompetence and their untrustworthy. You just have to overwhelm them.
1: But there's a lot of people just in a depressed state who feel, I did vote for the guy who won and somebody else got it anyways. They stole it. My vote didn't matter. There's a lot of people who believe that.
0: Well, COVID was a different situation and we'll see how they try to cheat this time. I mean, Carrie Lake is in in Arizona. She's back in court uh, again. And it looks like, you know, if she's right, she'll probably prevail.
1: Well, Chuck, we're gonna talk a little, we're gonna talk a little bit about health here in America. And (laughs) Our guest today is Dr. Nicole Avina. And and Nicole and I met a few months back. How are you? Good to see you today.
2: Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Hi, Nicole. Hi. And
1: uh, meet Chuck Woolery.
0: How are you? It's nice to see you.
2: Nice to see you too, Chuck. So, Nicole, uh, I want
1: to talk about.
0: We've been hammering away on the health of the nation. Now we're going to talk about the health of the people in the nation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nicole, it is it is our position right now, and you know we are a we are a political show of sorts. It is our position right now that um, the health of America is in horrible condition, and a lot of that is you know a lot of that is just bad eating and bad diet and and i want to start off by asking you why can't we seem to get this message out to people that they can be infinitely healthier with just some some corrections to their to their diet
2: yeah i mean you're so right so much of the problems that we have in our country and in the world for that matter come down to simple lifestyle choices that we make every single day in terms of what we eat, whether or not we get up and exercise, how we manage our stress. And I think the eating piece of it is kind of my forte, and that's where I sort of play a role here. You know, so much of our food is highly processed food. We've become reliant on junk food, food that lots of added sugar, and research shows that that's causing changes in the brain that's making us unhappy, that's making us, you know, have symptoms associated with mental illness. It's exacerbating a lot of the problems that we have health-wise. And so, go ahead, Chuck.
0: Let's talk about one thing that uh, people use every day. Uh, It's been at the center of our health and population for a few hundred years. Slavery basically was, you know, pretty much founded on it, this commodity, and it's sugar. So, but, but I want to take it another direction. All we're hearing now is stevia and Splenda and equal or whatever it is. They're all bad for you. And of course, everybody thinks if you replace sugar with those things, then you'll probably lose weight, uh, because you won't be consuming as as much sugar. Is that true? And are these things a detriment these uh, sugar substitutes?
2: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, Chuck, because it's not true. And I think this is sort of... Oh, new- it's
1: not true? We'll explain that.
2: Yeah, so I think Some this of is- them
1: are bad. Some of them are good. She'll take well, care I of
2: it. I think there's aspects to them. So I think, you know, this is one of the very big lies that I think is being perpetuated that if you just make this, you know, quick fix and this small change, it's going to, you know, allow you to eat whatever you want. But what we know from the research, we publish this actually out of studies that were done in my lab, that... Sugar can cause your brain to look like it's addicted. And so it can change the brain like a drug of abuse. And when you take a look at these other types of sweeteners, the stevia, monk fruit, you know whatever you like, they're also producing that sweet taste. And the sweet taste is what's driving that addiction-like response. So they might be beneficial in the short term in the sense that you could save yourself some calories here and there, but I think the real problem many people are struggling with is that they're hooked on sugar. They're addicted to it. And so, you know, substituting artificial sweetener here and there isn't going to solve that problem. It's just going to mask it. It's a band-aid.
0: I put it in my coffee. I put it on my cereal. I, I haven't used sugar for so long, I can't tell you.
1: Now, Chuck, you have to understand. I want you to know, when you're eating cereal, you're having dessert for breakfast. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> I know. But I have Cheerios. So. It's still <laughs> dessert for breakfast. Yeah.
2: And many coffees. It's funny, you know, I mentioned about the breakfast cereal. I think a lot of times if you go to a coffee place these days, I mean, they're serving dessert straight up. I mean, there's very little coffee in the majority of those drinks. By the time you get done with all the sugar and sweeteners and flavorings (laughs) that are added, it's not good stuff. Hey,
1: Everybody, I want to take a minute to tell you about a product called Daily Zen. With, uh, with everything that goes on in the news today, um, guess what happens? We have something called a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. All of this craziness going on drives our parasympathetic nervous system. And that means, to put it plain, we're in this fight-or-flight mode all the time. Well, we need to get out of that. And things like meditation help and the right nutrition helps. And sometimes what helps is just turning the news off. Well, I want to tell you about a product. It's from Vitalia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A, life.com. It's called Daily Zen. Now, this is, and as you guys know, if you listen to this show, I'm, I'm really into longevity and really understand uh, a, good pra- a great knowledge of nutrition, to be honest with you. The formula, the blend on this stuff is amazing of what's in it. It is a great formula. Now, what this will do for you, just so you understand, this will act as an anti-inflammatory, which our bodies become very inflamed from all the stress. It reduces that stress, and it increases, it will help increase serotonin. And why do you want to do that? Because serotonin will make you feel better. So this is called Daily Zen, and I hope you'll try it out, and I hope you'll let us know how it goes for you. It's Vitalia Life. Go to bluntforcetruth.com. Look in the show notes; you'll find a link there to it. Use the uh, discount code BFT, like Blunt Force Truth, get 10% off, or sign up for the um, the subscription, and I think you get your first month for free. Go get it; you're gonna love this stuff and if there's ever a time in history that we need something to zen us out it is right freaking now so good luck with it thanks if sugar was invented today doctor would sugar would sugar today be a controlled substance be a drug if it was invented now
2: I mean, based off of the research studies and the criteria that are used to diagnose someone as having an addiction or what we use to characterize addictive disorders like gambling, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, Absolutely, sugar meets all the criteria for being an addictive substance.
0: But we and- love it. We love it. We, we love, love our
2: chocolate. Cocaine, we too. love
0: our. We love our sweet drinks. We love you know sweet tea in Texas. It's a huge thing. Uh, coffee. All of these things. We love it as an additive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we're programmed to like it from birth. I mean, think about our ancestors, right? So hunters and gatherers were wandering around in the forest. And when they stumbled upon a berry bush, the sweet berries are the ones that are safe to eat, right? So we have this coding in our brain of sweet meaning safe. Even breast milk, that's sweet. That's the first thing that most babies eat. Baby formula tastes sweet. And so there's a like relationship between something tasting sweet and something being good for us and safe. And the problem is, is that you know all the cookies and cakes and sweet treats that are out there. Yeah, maybe they'd be okay in moderation, but no one's eating them in moderation. Moderation is out the window. People cannot moderate their intake. I shouldn't say all people. Most people. Cannot moderate their intakes of these foods, and that's why we're seeing so many people struggling not only with obesity but also these other health conditions that arise from overeating.
1: Well, when we look at when we look at sugar, when you say about a drug, not only does it have the drug like effects on your brain, it has drug like effects on causing problems, obviously with insulin, mm-hmm. and it has the effects of creating what are called uh, AGEs or advanced glycation end products which accelerate the aging of our body. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Why cigarettes have a health warning on the side of them? Alcohol has a health warning on the side of it. Why don't Twinkies have a health warning on the side of it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it's coming. I think that if you take a look at the history of what it took to get from us knowing that tobacco is dangerous to actually getting that label put on the cigarettes, it wasn't a couple of years. It was quite a few number of years before those initial studies came out till we started to see some changes happening from a public health standpoint. And I think we're getting there with sugar. The latest change has been that now the food companies need to disclose how much added sugar is in a product. So that's a change because that used to not be the case. You used to have to disclose how much vitamin A was in a product or, you know, how many, you know, grams of protein it contained but you didn't have to say anything about how much sugar was in it so the nutrition facts label just didn't have anything there now we do have to disclose that so that information is available so i think we're getting closer and closer we're inching toward more people calling for this calling for some transparency some warnings but we're not there yet but i i'm hopeful we'll get there at some point
0: well, let me ask you a question as history and, and you may or may not know the answer to this but i'm curious what did people use or was there something available prior to finding out sugarcane produced sugar were there were there other things that because it took the world by storm uh, like i said it's probably one of the primary reasons for slavery uh you know trying to produce this product so yeah. was there something prior to that because boy i mean it just caught the world caught on fire when they found sugar and and started shipping it everywhere and
2: yeah no it's true and I think you know there may have been things other plants and botanicals that people could have used to sweeten things or that had some essence of sweetness to them but nothing like sugar cane and sugar beets I mean that like you said really just changed everything about the world and made a huge impact on so many different aspects of our lifestyle and I think was there
0: such a thing as candy prior to sugar cane I mean we're talking about maybe a couple of hundred years yeah was there anything prior to that that uh
1: that peaked our honey i think you find honey was probably a big well now honey's considered a perfect food isn't it (laughs) it's perfect sugar yeah but it is
0: considered a perfect i mean it's you can't spoil honey it can sit on the shelf for a hundred years and it's fine
2: yeah, I mean, I think that if anything, honey would have been the closest thing that we came to as, you know, having sugar. But again, think about it. Honey was, you know, hard to come by. We didn't have tons of it lying around. It was something that, you know, was difficult to get your hands on. Whereas nowadays, look what's happening with sugar. It's everywhere. You can't even avoid it if you want to. I think that's part of the problem. Is- well,
0: probably people, most people don't want to avoid it. They welcome it
2: well they welcome it but when it causes the health problems and people are struggling you know with obesity and fitting in the airplane seat because they're eating too much of it then i think it becomes you know but
0: let me nicole let, let me say this i mean heroin's the same thing i mean you have to have it once you start it it's it's addictive so we are talking about an addiction the entire world is addicted to sugar and it seems innocuous Because it's not, we don't consider it a drug. So how do you fight something like that? I mean, how do you beat that?
2: Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, you know, for many people, they kind of take that argument and say, okay, well, so what if we're all addicted to it? What's the big deal? But the problem is when we start to Is that what the
1: Sackler family said also, I believe? Yeah. About Oxycontin? Yeah. (laughs) So what if everybody's addicted to it?
2: but i think when we you know when you start to look at the trajectory of how much sugar is in our food supply and how that's gone up over the years the correlation with the obesity rates and the correlation with the diagnosis of diabetes and all these other preventable health conditions which costs americans so much money every year to treat and to manage could be, you know, gone if we were able to have some sort of better handle on our sugar consumption. And I think that's where the problem lies. We're worried about treating all these illnesses when people get them, but there's not enough attention being paid to preventing them from the beginning. And that can start with just making some changes in the way people eat and the way we think about our diet.
1: So yeah. I'm, I'm a duck uh... eats fifty four pounds of sugar a year. Mm.
0: So I'm a uh, baker. I, I'm a, I've am been baking bread for probably 40 years at home. Uh, when I use sugar in bread, it's a, a very small amount, really, to get the yeast to uh, start doing its work. And uh, what about bread?
2: Well, <laughs> bread's, bread's interesting. I think, you know, bread in and of itself, like you said, usually has smaller amounts of sugar. Right? Oh, it's-
0: smaller amounts. I mean, it's like a tablespoon or less than a tablespoon, like a teaspoon.
2: Yeah, that's the it's really that's, just
0: to activate the yeast,
2: right? And that's the bread at Chuck's house. Unfortunately, the bread in the supermarket and the one that, you know, most people are buying has a lot more added sugar in it than that. And a lot of it is put in there not only to enhance the flavor, but also to make sure that it can stay on the shelf longer because all these preservatives are added to that bread. And guess what? Those preservatives taste awful. And so yeah, if
0: I, if I bake a loaf of bread, I have to use it that day. It's done. I mean, exactly.
2: And yeah. I have bread that's sitting in my shelf for like a week and you wonder what's in this stuff that's letting it last this long. Right. And it's these chemical preservatives. And the best way to mask the taste of those preservatives is to just add more sugar. That's a great way to cover Now, Nicole, this.
1: bread, refined flour, mm. refined flour still has a, a glycemic level yeah. of nearly eating table sugar, right?
2: It does. And I think for many people who don't have a sweet tooth, they find that they have a bread tooth or a pasta tooth in the sense that they crave those carbohydrates. I have
0: a full mouth of teeth so far.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. a different responsibility. <laughs> and so I think for a lot of people, it's not so much the sweets, but when they eat a lot of pasta, carbohydrates and things like that, it affects the blood sugar in a way that causes it to spike and then drop, spike and then drop. Another issue is that carbohydrates aren't as satiating. They feel good when they're going down, but you're going to be hungry again in another hour or so compared to if you had a meal that sounds was like dieting.
0: Chinese food. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely, I think, not just the sweet sweets, but also this other carbohydrates that we need to think about too. So,
0: so what do you suggest? I'm sorry. What white did you say? Food. White food. Oh, white food.
1: Yeah. Well, white terrorist food <laughs> uh, yes white terrorist food MAGA food but if we look at we'll get nicole's input but if we look at white bread white pasta white potatoes white rice white sugar white flour these are all high glycemic versions of sugar right
2: yes but i argue that you know for many people it's the junk foods and the sweets and the candies and the cakes. so i don't think people who fall into that category need to worry about cutting out you know cauliflower and potatoes just because they're white but i think that when we kind of take a look at the whole overarching picture of our food supply we have become not only reliant on these sweet treats but we've also become very carbohydrate heavy part of that is based off of government advice which has suggested for years that we focus on eating whole grains and all of these other you know carbohydrates that we now know may not always be as great for us in the volumes that we tend to eat them. So I think you're right, Mark, you know, thinking about the colors of foods and maybe trying to limit or cut back on those starchy pastas and those other types of carbs could be a way to go.
0: Give me an example of what you eat for dinner. Yeah, What does your dinner look like?
2: So we're a meat and sweet potatoes family. I'm never going to get my husband not to, you know, have meat on the table. So we'll have chicken, sweet potatoes, a vegetable. We do a lot of mushrooms. Butter,
0: butter on the sweet potatoes and salt, pepper.
2: We do butter.
1: Grass-fed butter.
2: We do butter. Yeah, we do, you know, all the typical things, but we really do limit the sweets. So when it comes time for dessert, we'll have fruit. Every once in a while, you know, the kids will have a sorbet or something like that. But we <laughs> try to be mindful. If I said
0: to my kids, How would you like sorbet for dinner? They want <laughs> go, Are you crazy? <laughs> Creme brulee, but not sorbet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to get it when they go out, when they go to friends' houses and other places, they get access to it. So our philosophy is let's just try to control what we can in this house, because once we get out of it, then it becomes a little bit more difficult to be in control.
0: So it sounds like everything in a bag in a grocery store uh, and not fast food, but kind of comfort food, potato chips and, and corn pops or whatever it is, you know, these are all bad for you, right?
2: Well, on some level, yes, probably. I think most of the processed foods that are shelf stable are the things that are causing us to have all these health problems. And the problem is that we've become a society that's so reliant on them for convenience. We have you know, two working parents. We have single parents. People don't have time to go grocery shopping every single day and meal prep every day. So we've become reliant on these foods. And that is, is part of the problem that you know we've kind of gotten away from the importance of cooking and you know taking the time to make sure that we're making good food choices we've kind of just become accustomed to the fact that if it's in the grocery store it must be good for us it must be healthy and that is not the case
0: my wife is in the middle of becoming a chef she's going to a Scofier. and so she's about halfway through what she's doing and she runs a, a restaurant anyway she has a restaurant that's very successful uh that literally is all about meat <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's national barbecue day you do know that Chuck. oh i didn't know it was national barbecue day okay that's her bailiwick but you're so, kind
1: of both lucky though because you're i know your wife and you know mine and both of our wives go to the grocery store probably four or five times a week oh Kristen goes every day and yeah go to sell because if it if it can't go bad it's going to be bad for you
2: yeah. yeah. I, 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 com- I completely
1: lost
0: my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a question in there somewhere, but it's gone now. <laughs> we're back on a
1: good, being a chef.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I can't connect the dots right now. Sorry.
2: <laughs> but that's the key. Going grocery shopping every day is ideal, but honestly, most people can't do that or don't have the time to do it or just you know don't have the wherewithal to do that. So I think that's where we're finding so many people are having a lot of problems well,
0: europeans do that don't i mean the french and the italians and the people they have their little shops they go to and they always go every day we know that and uh you know uh,
1: yeah, so because vegetables and stuff will go bad pretty quickly and are they
0: better are they more healthy than we are the europeans
2: they are they tend to be but i think that the trajectory is changing as more of our dietary influence. since they
0: found mcdonald's
2: <laughs> yeah since we've infiltrated those countries too in terms of our bad food habits um you know i remember a couple of years ago i went to china and i was just shocked at how much fast food was available in beijing and different parts of china and they're having problems with obesity because of the influx of you know these Western ways of eating, the reliance on fast food and, you know, the taking away from the traditional Chinese cooking. So it's finding its way into all parts of the world and it's gonna be co- continue to cause more health problems until we can figure out a solution.
1: Now, Chuck, think about it. You and I have spent time around the world. We've been in Italy. Think about walking through Italy together. How many obese people did we see walking around Rome? Yeah, not many. That many. weren't American tourists.
0: Yeah, I, I agree it's it's very obvious. Rarely. it's obvious yeah
1: and and one of the other issues we have is there's like 65 different words that manufacturers use to hide sugar in the ingredients yep so it, it, you can look at the label and it may not say sugar it might say corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup or glucose or there's all these words that are being buried inside those ingredients to hide all of the sugar that's in there. I'll give me an example, Chuck, a, a bottle of ketchup. So you know what a bottle of ketchup looks like? Right. A third of that bottle is pure sugar. Hmm. Or a can of baked beans, which you would think, well, baked beans probably good for me. A can of baked beans is a quarter sugar inside that can. Well, it makes the medicine go down, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but this is the, this is part of the problem. And Nicole, what kind of emotional issues? What kind of societal issues does this bring up? How does how does this change behavior in people?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think people realize how much of an impact what you eat has on your mood and how you behave i mean it is just amazing i mean think about how people feel you know when they're hungry right think about what people will do if they're starving the lengths that they would go to right so think about how powerful our appetite can be in terms of what it can lead us to do and when people are eating these foods that are you know rich in the added sugars all the processed food it has such a negative impact on their brain in terms of the way their brain's functioning that the frontal part of their brain isn't able to work as well they don't have executive control so they're going to have impaired decision making they're going to be impulsive they're you know not going to be able to focus and we see these things happening with especially with children these days where you know their diets are so high in added sugars and you know then the teachers wonder why the kids can't sit still in the class well because you're handing out candy every 5 minutes as a reward to get them to sit still it's this vicious cycle that emerges And so when people change their diet and start to realize the impact that the food can have, it really can have a much more positive impact when you cut out a lot of the processed foods, not only for just the ability to focus, but also even just your general mood, you know, feelings of depression and anxiety. Those types of things can all be linked back to what we're eating.
1: That frontal lobe that the doctor just referred to is the part of your brain that says, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. Yep. So when, when you see road rage happen, as an example, somebody who explodes and runs somebody off the road for what should be an, an irrelevant event, that's the frontal lobe of the brain not engaging. That's that part of the brain not kicking in. And part of this is driven by dietary choices. So Chuck, when we look at, at some of the stuff, I, I saw a some tremendous work and nicole i don't know if you've seen this or not if you've read this but it was it was i forget the doctor's name it'll come to me he did a whole experiment working with changing the diet of uh prison inmates and when he was able to effectively change the diet of the prison inmates the behavior of the inmate changed dramatically and in many cases it would appear that these people probably were no longer a threat to society or no longer dangerous after cleaning up their diet have you have you had any any uh, involvement with that or or exposure to it
2: yeah it's so true and you know on the sort of more preclinical level, we've done studies in our laboratory rats where, you know, you can see that exact same behavior be corrected, like signs of aggression, signs of hostility, signs of not being able to, you know, get along socially with other rats when the diet is changed. So when we have this junk food diet, it doesn't just affect our personal physiology and our personal health, but it also affects those around us in terms of how we interact and you know, how we're treating others.
0: How do you convince people to change their ways? I mean, it must be very frustrating because people don't want to.
2: No, people are very stubborn and they will look for confirmation bias. And psychology, that basically means they're gonna look for the piece of information that So this is like
0: the politics of eating.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they're gonna cherry pick the pieces of information that are gonna support their inner belief so that they can reinforce that inner belief. And so that's why when you know we talk about research studies that have been conducted and all this data that points toward food being unhealthy. A lot of times, people will just put up blinders and say, "Oh, well, that was just one study," or "Oh, that study, you know."
0: Well, you're confused because I, I remember eggs were the worst thing you could possibly eat. They'll yeah. kill you. They'll, you know, it, just you know, don't even throw an egg at somebody because if it gets on them, it'll <laughs> it'll cause them to die. So, and now eggs are great for you. So it's you get these mixed messages from these from you know the World Organization and from the CDC and people like that. It's yep. not real
2: it's it's it makes it so confusing and i don't blame the media per se i blame these medical and health organizations that that's
0: exactly right
2: come up with these guidelines and then every five or ten years they, they change them
0: up. yeah but they don't just change them they flip it, flip it on the head on their right.
2: head well the biggest case was you know the whole argument that fat was bad for you like don't eat in the 90s we were told Avoid anything with fat in it. It'll give you a heart attack. It's the worst thing in the world. Make sure you eat all the carbohydrates that you can because the fat's the thing that's going to kill you and give you a heart attack. And lo and behold... heart attacks went up. Heart attacks went up because we were eating all the carbohydrates and the pasta and getting obese. And that's what's causing heart attacks, not necessarily eating fat.
0: Well, how do they get this so wrong? That's really the question. We have professionals in these positions, people who we're supposed to trust... And how do they get it so wrong?
2: Well, I really think it boils down. To-
0: oh, you froze! Hang uh, on, just I, a minute. So you, the you
2: fact f- that again,
0: the- yeah, start start from the, start that over again. You froze on us.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I think it's basically the point is that people are scientists and doctors, these advisors, are cherry picking the information, Why? right? The consumers because they're pushing their narrative. And it's so if they're in the, case, for the study, Chuck, and yeah, the funding is, plays a big role. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but people have this view of scientists and doctors as these holier than thou people who really care about the world. And yeah, of course, there are people out there like that. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are wedded to one side of an argument or another, and it's often financially motivated. Who are their funders? That's my my question. I always ask
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, you have you have. Whenever you look at a study, don't don't look at the conclusion of the study. First, look and see who paid for the study. Yep. Then second, look at the look at the methodology of the study. How was the study conducted? Then look at the conclusion, because the majority of studies are not made to find a result. The, the majority of studies are made to prove a pre existing notion. So and we
2: see. We see this in pharma all the time. You don't have to publish every study that you conduct. Do you know how many studies have been done that are just thrown in the garbage because the results didn't turn out the way that the sponsor wanted them to? So for every one paper that shows that a drug worked, I would imagine there could be a bunch of other studies that were done that showed it didn't work. It's just that they chose to publish the one study that does confirm what they're trying to push as their narrative.
0: So So when it comes to food, who do you trust? as the old game show said, who do you trust?
2: I trust no one. <laughs> I trust myself. <laughs> Fortunately, I study this for a living. So I, well, I mean, I the
0: didn't... average person is not you. They're not going to study like no. that. They're not going to get their doctorate and, and move but you on. You have
1: a new book out they can trust.
2: I do. Yes. I have a book, Why Diets Fail. This just came out in paperback. It's all about sugar addiction and what people can do to recognize it. And avoid it and limit their sugar. Agency. You mean
0: that I brought sugar up as the first question and I had no idea that your book really revolves around sugar? Really?
2: But it's such well, a. I I had no issue. idea.
0: I was just, uh, it was yep. like the prominent question on my mind.
1: Okay. Well, good for me. So I want to tell people, yeah. I want you to go get the book. Why diets fail. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. And folks, if you're a regular listener, you wonder, you probably know my association with health and nutrition. The book is good advice so if you are struggling with diets i would go i would go get that because what you really need to understand is diets don't work because diets diets are limiting and restricting yourself diets are are deprivation what has to happen is you have to develop new habits it's not about i'm going to i'm going to lose 20 pounds And then I'm going to gain 25 back. It's about changing your behavior. And and again, Nicole, one of the things that I'm always pushing, I I think it's really easy for people to just say, stop eating white stuff. Yeah. The white sugar, the white flour, the white potatoes. There is a little trick. I'll give you guys a little trick you can do here. If you want to have some white rice or some white potatoes, there's a little trick you can do, which which turns it into resistant starch. So take the potatoes or the white rice, cook it, then refrigerate it for over 24 hours, then only reheat it, but keep the reheating temperatures under about 120 or 130. And it won't, it will respond as resistant starch and not turn into all sugar. Do you ever use that trick yourself?
2: No, I haven't, but I'm gonna try that. That is a really good idea.
1: Yeah, what it does is it creates resistant starch. So the resistant starch actually feeds good bacteria in the gut. And your body doesn't absorb the simple carb. Your body doesn't absorb the simple sugar in it. I
0: have to live with this 24 hours a day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a way of finding little hacks that people can use that they can, you know, try to have some of these things any of us who live in this world understand it's very difficult for people to just say, I'm, you know, I'm going to live on, you know, olive oil and, you know, and broccoli for the rest of my life. That's, that's not easy to do. Well, Chuck does it. He lives on (laughs) olive oil and broccoli, but it's, it's not easy to do. And I think about somebody like you, Nicole, or me, when the average American eats 54 pounds of sugar and I'm going to guess and say you and I probably consume four pounds of sugar a year or eight pounds of sugar a year. Someone else has just got a hundred pounds of sugar this year. Yeah. And the yeah. amount of damage that it's doing. And I'm telling you right now, folks, this is not only not only is this causing a health problem in the country, not only is this. Overburdening our healthcare system unnecessarily. We are because sugar is the cause of so much hospitalization. Obesity is the cause of, of so many health conditions, but it is a major factor in behavioral problems. You can yeah, make major changes in behavior by controlling the diet. We're, we're drugging kids up with, with amphetamines instead of taking the sugar away from them
2: yeah it's such a big feature in our mental health crisis that's being ignored diet and nutrition I mean if you think about it if you go to the doctor because you're feeling low they're going to maybe give you an antidepressant are they ever going to say to you well what did you eat for breakfast do you think maybe what you're eating could have something to do with how you feel So most doctors aren't putting that together. They're not thinking about these lifestyle day-to-day things that people are doing that are actually harming themselves. They're just you know, prescribing the pills and sending people on their way, which is not the way we should be doing things.
0: So what's a good breakfast? What's a good breakfast that people could have every day and go, (laughs) I'm starting my day off absolutely right. This is good for me.
2: Well, Chuck, you said it earlier, the demonized egg that has now made a resurgence. So we we should eat our eggs because they're good and good source of protein. They're also a good source of healthy fats. Um, so I always think eggs. I mean, I have eggs for breakfast almost every morning and then I have some fruit. And so do you, then so do you just
0: bit- have eggs by themselves? Or do you have bacon and toast with your eggs or just
2: I eggs? skip? I skip the toast. Sometimes I'll put a little bit of pancetta in the pan when I'm cooking up the eggs. What's just to give a bit of meat. What's that? It's a diced Italian uh, ham.
0: Oh, oh, okay, all right.
2: Ask your wife. If your wife I use bac- I, I put Bacos
0: in mine. <laughs> bacos, that's <not laughs> they're probably cool.
1: horrible it's for like you. <laughs> what?
2: It's like a high-end Baco, basically.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> bacon is not actually food. I know, I know, <laughs> I it, know. it is a food like. <laughs> but supplement. they're just so
0: convenient and chewy. I like them.
1: <laughs> now by the way for myself I don't eat breakfast cuz I intermittent yeah. fast uh most days through the week. So, so
2: when I, do you start? When do you break your fast? What time do you eat?
1: I will uh typically do a protein drink probably sometime around 3 or 4 o'clock and then head to the gym about 5:30 or 6 and then eat dinner after that. So you don't eat all day long most weekdays no. Hmm.
2: So you're, you're almost doing that OMAD, the one meal a day on some level, right?
1: Pretty close to it. Yeah. And, and the intermittent fasting creates a whole nother condition for you. And one of the things that we know in the world of longevity is that one of, the, one of the, the few things that you can do which always has the same outcome is calorie restriction does extend life and reduce aging. That does not mean starve yourself to death and look like one of those emaciated monkeys that they do the trials on, who lives 10 years longer but is very angry. The real benefit... Don't become an angry monkey. Exactly. (laughs) Real benefit of, of calorie restriction isn't that you're starving. It is what your body does when you are not eating for a prolonged period of time. Your body goes into something which is called autophagy and mitophagy and it basically your body goes in and cleans all the junk out uses the junk as fuel first which happens to be things like cells that can become cancerous and it uses it as fuel so it's a way of your body getting cleaned out it's also a way of keeping your blood sugar balanced
0: so mark is the only friend i have when i have a conversation with him i have to take notes
1: Nicole is completely with me right of now. course she is <laughs>
2: I am I am and you know I think the reason why so many Americans struggle with a lot of the health issues that they have is because they're constantly eating so their body never has any time to do those things that you're talking about that happens during huh. intermittent fasting now this is there's no time my for to do anything
1: so Nicole are you familiar with bulletproof coffee yeah, yeah. So this is what I have in the morning. So I'll describe this for folks. It is it is coffee made from a mold-protected source, because coffee has a lot of mold in it, which can create all kinds of, of mitotoxins that cause other problems. It then has a quarter stick of grass-fed butter added to it. There is then uh, 20 grams of collagen protein with pre and probiotics added to it. And then a quarter teaspoon of something called Fisitin. and I use the Fisitin because Fisitin acts as a senolytic, and that's what I drink up until a protein drink in the afternoon. That's it.
0: I can just see 130 people running synthetic. When is synthetic? Okay,
1: <laughs> Google synthetic for me, sweetie. Senolytic. Oh, senolytic. Okay, but. And what happens here is, is, oh, by the way, and there's three teaspoons of uh, medium-chain triglyceride oil in here.
2: I was just going to ask you if there were MCTs in there. Yes, yeah,
1: so the MCTs are. So the MCTs activate the brain. They throw your body immediately into a, a ketosis. The butter satiates you so you're not hungry. The caffeine interacts with the MCT oil. Your brain is is functioning. You're not hungry all day. The butter helps, you know, satiate the... The The hunger all day, and your body is getting the benefits of intermittent fasting.
0: You know, it's really funny. I make fun of Mark when he does things like this because it's so scientific and deep and requires a great bit of study and everything. But he is really kind of living proof of what he does. He's he's highly energetic. He, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a good example.
1: And I'm 103
0: yeah, yeah. Right in the shade <laughs> <laughs> nicole thank you so much for coming on the show we really appreciate it folks i hope you learned something today uh because i certainly did and it's up to you to take it to heart it's you to you know implement all these things in your life as you learn them and your book is to say it again show, hold up your book again
2: yep it's why diets fail why because diets. you're addicted
0: to- go ahead
2: Yep, Why Diets Fail, Because You're Addicted to Sugar. And you can get this on Amazon or pretty much wherever books are sold.
1: Yep, we'll right. the show notes. Get the book, folks. Break Your Addiction to Sugar. I'm serious. This is no different than being addicted to cocaine or to alcohol or to crack. It is. It is an addiction. It lights up. The same part of your brain lights up when you eat sugar as if you were doing a line of Coke.
0: That's- I, I I know listen I pass the snickers bar and my bearing lights up I, I get it I mean you know're not snorting snicker bars I don't know no, no, no I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not that desperate uh, listen I hope you enjoyed today's show folks uh thank you Nicole for joining us we really appreciate it we'll have all the information on your book with our uh, our website and uh if you enjoyed the show leave us a good review on iTunes Stitcher and podcast one and we'll see you next time on blunt Force Truth.